This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Joyful, joyful. on Joy 94.9. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and sexuality for our community. You are on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9 with Rachel, Mark and Claudine in the studio. I am flying the studio tonight so you might hear some things that aren't what you usually hear. So Hey, it happens to the best of us. It does. But it's good to be on board. I feel a bit like Miss Daisy. I'm, being, I'm being driven by driven. you two tonight, so I feel a little bit like Miss Daisy oh, in the got, back. You've got two drivers. Yes. We could get sort some of. driving sound effects and maybe some aeroplanes like... But before we get to aeroplane sound effects, I feel like someone else should give us a Holy Day song. Mark? Can you do it? Oh, for the sweet love of Mary, you don't want to hear me sing on air. That's going to be terrible. I will have a go. How does it go? What do I need to say? You just have to say Holy Day of the Week in an entertaining tune. Oh, goodness gracious me. Um, As you can all tell, Rachel's just popped me on the spot here. (laughs) Holy Um, Day of the Week. Yeah, that was amazing. That wasn't even in tune. I don't know what key that was. Who cares? That was fabulous. Thank you, Claudine. Holy, holy... That is right. This week we have two holy days, so we had to say it twice. Uh, So there's two holy celebrations. Our first holy celebration was mentioned just a few weeks ago when I spoke about the intercalary days leading up to the Baha'i fasting days. So the 19-day fast begins on the 1st of March and lasts the entire month of the uh, it lasts an entire month of the Baha'i calendar. So from sunrise to sunset each day of the 19 days, you are required to fast from all food and drinks. And for those smokers out there, it also specifies that you may not have cigarettes either. There are also exemptions to the rules. Uh, so if you feel like fasting may not be for you, here are some exemptions that may allow you to not fast. So if you are younger than 15 or older than 70, you are off the hook. Uh, if you're ill or debilitated, you also are off the hook. Uh, if you will be doing heavy manual work, you, uh, you can eat, but you must respect the law by eating with fragility and in private. I'm not sure what it means to eat fragilitively. With um, fragility. For, to be frugal is to be... Frugality. Not, Frugality. Not, gener- not generous. The opposite oh. of generous. So not, yes. a ch- not a champagne and lobster. Right. So you can probably Some dry have biscuits. A, and- a Vegemite sandwich, but that's it. With yeah. the water. Uh, and if you are travelling, you are exempt. So all those people that are off to Mardi Gras, you get this weekend off. You're allowed to eat and drink as you please. Um, so from the time you leave until the time you arrive at your destination which means actually once you get to Mardi Gras, you have to stop eating again. Sorry. Unless you, unless you do plan on doing heavy lifting there. 
Well, it's much worse. Right, so who is, knows? It is very possible. Um, if you are pregnant, you should not fast. And that's very good advice. Definitely do not fast if you are pregnant. Uh, so now that we know the rules, what is the purpose of the Baha'i 19 days of fasting? Ultimately, fasting will bring you closer to God. It is a spiritual period in which more of your day is spent in prayer, reinvigorating the soul, which therefore brings you closer to God. So the Bab originally stated that the true significance of the fast was abstaining from all except the love of the messages from God. Uh, and happy times ahead. The month of fasting ends with the festival of Nowruz. Uh, but more about that another time. So it's a Ramadan style fast for 19 days, not... Is it 40 days for Ramadan? 30 days? Something like a that. A month or something. Yeah, it could, yeah, it just depends, I guess, on the so calendar that you follow. So yeah. the, this calendar month in the Baha'i only lasts 19 days. So, yes, it's uh, it either goes from the 1st of March to the 19th or the 2nd to the 20th, and that just depends uh, who you're asking, apparently. Uh, so... For something a little bit different, Maha Shivarati is celebrating the Night of Shiva. Uh, this is a Hindu festival which, which celebrates the god Shiva and the day he married the goddess Pavati. Uh, oh, I'm so terrible. I even practice that. This celebration is known to be the most holy Shivati of the 12 celebrated each year. Most of the core celebrations held are held during the evenings and during the days they also fast. Look at that. Similarities. Uh, so celebrated this year on the 7th of March. Um, Hindus attend a temple service, but only after taking two baths that day. So very hygienic before you go to temple. Two in a row or are they at separate times? Uh, it just said two. you have to have two baths during the day before you attend the temple service during this celebration. It's just a spe- specification that you must follow. Um, so, as for other Aussie-specific celebrations, we would love to hear what you would do to celebrate this most holy day. So, you can send us a text on 0427 JOY949 and let us know, or just get in, involved in uh, the conversations tonight. So, you are on the Spirit Lounge on JOY94.9. We also have a message from someone named Paige responding to our holy day of the week uh what if i want to get closer to a size 10 rather than god i think fasting might possibly help with that as well but it could also possibly counteract that because your body will think that you're starving and then it'll store the fats especially if you are allowed to eat after sunset true dieting and fasting is complicated (laughs) but then if you do fast because i'm thinking when we fast for yom kippur 25 hours of fasting after the fast you can't eat much does your stomach kind of contract? It's, it Does, contracts. Yeah, okay. So you can't really eat much. You've sort of, you're exhausted and you just, you don't really feel like eating. So oh. is that 25 hours continuous? Yeah. Any water? No. Oh, wow. That's... It's not good. That's no. tough. But it, yeah, it, it, like all religious fasts, it's about trying to bring you closer to God. So it's, it's the, the, the theory there is by not focusing on eating bodily needs, you're therefore focusing on praying. Um, you Interesting can interpret theory. that as you like. So um, while we're on extreme behaviours in religion, <laughs> uh, nice segue there. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago on this show, we talked about a few hot topics of 
things that um, controversial things that Christians particularly had been doing been doing that were big in the news and those things are still in the news in fact they may even be getting more airtime this this week so we thought we'd revisit them this week and talk about how we can keep ourselves safe and look after ourselves when things are difficult when our communities are under attack when um, when there's a lot of miserable and uh, possibly triggering things in the news so um, as I've said this this could be we could be raising some sensitive issues tonight so if you've got any concern just uh, remember the that lifeline is available on 13 11 14 and if you have any if you want to contribute to the discussion text us on 0427 joy 949 or email on air at joy.org.au or use the contact button on your smartphone app. Now we for like that one. For um, so talking about communities under attack, for some of us in the studio and for some of our listeners, we may even feel under attack on many levels as LGBT people, as people of faith, and especially as LGBT people of faith, which is still uh, a group that's. Now we're that we're constantly trying to. Now this is sort of what the what the spirit lounge is about, but it's it's a group that's often ignored or forgotten or, or misunderstood. Um, I was and I, I've my vicar Craig has actually put some of his thoughts and my thoughts in much better words than I can. So I thought I'd start off with with a few words from my vicar to that he put in his letter to the parish this week. So he says, during this week of very public Royal Commission hearings and increasingly noisy interventions in public debate by the Australian Christian lobby and their allies, it can sometimes be embarrassing to admit to being Christian. The Christian brand has been comprehensively trashed in recent months and years as the sins of past and sometimes present generations come home to roost and the stridency of some voices drowns out the moderation of others. So some of us may have watched Q&A on Monday, which um, Q&A is always, uh, it's, it's something that I don't, I used, to, being a journalism student, I used to think that I was obligated to watch Q&A, but I uh, decided that as a matter of mental health, that watching Q&A every week was possibly not, the best thing but i made um i i wasn't able to watch on monday night but you can catch up on iview which i did and in fact we've all watched this this week's episode which featured among others on its panel um mile shelton the leader of the australian christian lobby and karen phelps former director of the australian medical association and an out lesbian who's got a um, couple of kids with her with her partner. So it it was predictably that most of the discussion was about the um, same sex marriage, marriage equality, and the Safe Schools Coalition, and responding to the campaign that the Australian Christian Lobby has against that. And so it was very interesting to hear. Um, I think it was unfortunate that they started off uh, with with Lyle um, Shelton and with 
somebody putting forward a a point of view that was pretty much in in line with the Australian Christian lobbies when we've um, speaking no just speaking amongst my own friends and people in you know, people at my church who say that many most of the Christ, um, most of the Christian people I know were saying the the Australian Christian lobby doesn't represent us and they what they say is really quite extreme and um, quite not not very Christian in fact. It's like it was really interesting. I was, I, I have to admit, I'm a little bit like Claudine. So on Monday night, I was at home, and um, my partner said, "Are we watching Q and A?" And I said, "Not tonight." Um, and I think that was me saying that um, I, I, I didn't have the, the capacity to sit through what I thought was going to be a fairly horrific um, sort of event. It's you know, it's it's been a, a difficult week in lots of ways in terms of the media, like. Claudine talks about being a Christian. I come from Ballarat. It's, it's certainly it's it's hard when your things that you've been part of your life and that names and sort of things are, are bandied around in and in really bad circumstances. Like this is really bad stuff. Um, it was interesting listening to Lyle. He said a couple of things, and I have to admit I'm not all that up there on Christian denominations and their various theology these days. But he said that none of the Christian churches support marriage equality, same-sex marriages. And I was thinking, Claudine's looking really perplexed. I was perplexed. <laughs> Sorry, I, I thought I heard something else. I mean, this is interesting too, isn't it, that, that um, sometimes people hear different things or take away different things. Because I thought what he was, he seemed to be saying was that all Christian churches uh, support the idea of marriage being a man and a woman. Well, sure, of course they do. It's just that some churches also do support um, marriage between people of I interpreted that the same way as Mark did was that all churches are like all all of he said something like every leader of every denomination denomination has come out and said that they believe that marriage is between a man and a woman and personally I have a totally different opinion to Q&A as Mark and Claudine do I actually found it quite hilarious I didn't find it stressful I thought a lot of it was quite joking and just stupid like no offense but you know when you've got someone saying oh everyone's picking on Lyle Shelton and only three people in the audience clap their hands and the camera looks at every single one of those three people whilst they're clapping their hands I kind of just go this is a joke right like (laughs) I must say it wasn't as horrible as I expected it to be Um, I agree Uh, yeah I thought it was going to be horrific but it wasn't that bad it was interesting I actually, I did find it really interesting for someone who is not usually interested in politics and, you know, things that that are quite political and, you know, having opinions based on research and fact and stuff, I kind of just tune out. But I I did find it really interesting and I was sitting there and uh, kept turning to Dean who was sitting next to me and he had watched it earlier in the week and we both just had a little bit of a laugh about some of the things that were said and not you know not that i'm encouraging it but laughing at some of the people as well who were either asking questions or even responding questions i won't name which particular people we were laughing at but you just couldn't i I couldn't help it it's kind of interesting though because listening to that one comment from lyle and and the way that We've all interpreted... Which, which, oh, yeah, that comment. Yeah, yeah, the comment about whether all Christian churches have come out and said they're in support of 
their of the traditional view of marriage, man and a woman. I don't like the word traditional because I don't actually think it's traditional, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but it was interesting to see Lyle come out and say that and then, and then us to have this conversation because what I was hearing was Claudine was saying, well, maybe he was saying that all churches have come out and said that the view of marriage between a woman and a man being a good thing is what they've all said. And drawing that analogy is the similarity of what George Powell's been saying. It's... Because if you listen to George Powell, it, he's very precise in what he's saying. He's, he carefully thinks about what words he's using, not making... I, I can't think of a particular quote where I would go, that's what he was getting at, but it's the same style of thing. And I'm, I'm sure Lyle would be horrified to be compared to George Powell in this particular week. Um, but it's interesting that George has been very particular about what he said, and you can draw, and the, and certainly the commissioner from the Royal Commission has called him a number of times on, well, George, he didn't say it in these sort of blunt terms, but are you actually saying, are you doing that tiny little, I'm just going to pick out this very comfortable strip of information and ignore all this other information, and that's my answer, which is what Lyle, if, if uh, and I don't know whether I... We'd have to rewatch the show, but if what Claudine's saying Lyle's done, he's done that very thing. He's taken, yes, I'm sure we would all agree that marriage between a man and a woman is great, but so is marriage between two women or two men, or yeah. you know, like it's it's just taking that. Oh yes, Mark Sobey said, and it's true, I did say that, but I also said it in context of a lot of other things. I think that's an interesting to maybe I'm being a little bit naughty in comparing George and Lyle, but it's, 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 I, <laughs> well, I think it's a valid I, argument. I think it's what people do. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not unusual behaviour. That people taking things out of context is what people do Yes, to, and to that, get out of this. And editing on TV is like the perfect example of that, is if you want to make a person look a particular way. So if you, you do it to yourself, you self-edit. You want to make yourself look a particular way, so you will edit out all of the other information you have to give this tiny little bit and therefore yeah it it makes you seem x y or z it's it's like it's an, it's a whole topic for a whole show perhaps but to to talk about how in media like one of the great things that i've recently seen i'm, I'm not this is going off on a tangent we won't go there for much longer but about cutting photos in half oh. and it's a great thing to do at home get a picture picture of the and cut photos in half and you can tell a very different story by just taking a piece of the picture. And it's the same thing that's been done with language. But it's a, it's a very, you know, it's just a bit of a fun, you know, if you happen to get a free copy of one of the print papers, you can go through and see what you can do about just taking a piece of paper and cutting an Im- part of the image out. And you can do it very easily. Don't need to... Um, what's the do it computer where you edit bits out? <laughs> what you mean with paper and scissors? Yeah, you're not cutting it out. You can just cover half a photo, and mm-hmm. it can tell a very different story. Very interesting. You're on the Spirit Lounge on Joy ninety four point nine, and we've had a message in from Damo of Ballarat, and Damo's messaged in that he said, "I feel for genuine caring Christians that being given a bad name by Lyle Shelton and his ACL." And it's a good point that it's been, as we started off the show, and Claudine said, it's been a tough week to be, especially Christian, but Christian and LBGTI, and it's also tough for other people of faith. But you know, and for me, it's been it's been a bit tough being someone from Ballarat. From um, I've been listening to the Royal Commission, um, which is part of what I need to do professionally, but it's also something that is of interest to me privately. And it's 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 tough to be to listen to names that of people that you know and and to listen to their stories 
And I think for the Ballarat community, it's it's been really tough because it's a really divisive issue. A lot of people in Ballarat will have known George Pell in some way or form, um, and certainly um, many other Catholics, um, people who have been mentioned in, in, in sometimes in a good light, sometimes in a not so good light. Um, to hear that, and to have, and we all have opinions, and it's really divisive, um, and it's hard to be part of a community where I think most people agree that. Um, in fact, I would say nearly everybody agrees that the response by the Catholic Church was the wrong response at the time. But then there's varying degrees of thought about, well, how should they have responded? And and to me, that's what has caused, thinking about people in Ballarat and talking to people that I know, has caused a little bit of the fracturing about that everybody kind of agrees that they did the wrong thing, but what they should have done, and it causes a bit of a fracturing. I wonder whether that might sort of be what our community, the LGBTIQ plus community, might experience as we go through into it's this marriage equality debate. We're going to feel under pressure, and there is dissenting opinions, and and slightly not so much dissenting, but slightly different opinions, and whether that whether we can pull together as a group and and provide support, which. Ballarat is doing to some level of degree with the Loud Fence movement and certainly, um, you know, we played Tim Minchkin's song the other week that has helped send a large group. Now, I'm not sure the exact number. I think it's around 20 survivors of the abuse. I thought it was 14, but it might be. But it might have been 20 in total with the the counsellors and stuff that were going with them because I do remember hearing the number 20 as well. Yeah, so like to get... So there's been this... And I, and I suppose it's going to be interesting for our community how, because we're a really diverse community. Like, what we have in common is not is is not very common, to be honest. So, how whether we can pull together as a community and and get through dealing with the Lyle Shelton's of this world and and the ACL and and certainly the position they've got it into. I was just thinking about Lyle and and Karen Phelps. It was very interesting to have the two of them together because you probably, uh, Karen in her former role, but she was head of the AMA, which is probably the most successful lobby group in this country. Um, I hadn't even thought of them as a lobby group because, possibly because I used to work in in the medical field, I... Just sort of it as well. They're the doctors, um, but they don't represent anyone other than doctors and consultants and specialists. So it's a very small group, and they're very powerful. And the ACL is similar because they don't represent all Christians. No, they only represent a small group. Yeah, and they've been quite successful in making themselves the voice and and certainly they're now going for government funding to help them do the no vote which is it seems kind of crazy but that's that's the that's been the success of the acl possibly not what we'd like them to have been successful at but anyhow that's what they've certainly got together and uh, and don't forget if you want to join in the conversation you well it's do email in on to onair at joy.org.au or you can SMS us on 0427JOY949 or via the app through the Contact Us button up in the corner. We've also had another message come in from Michelle. Michelle said to, to I think it's a question to us as a panel, um, she says, I'm wondering whether you choose to go either in or out of the closet to avoid having to explain your sexuality. 
What do you think, Rachel? Like in circumstances such as everything that's going on at the moment, um, like when you, if your community does feel under attack like it is, I think especially this could be really relevant for maybe kids who are in schools that are under attack because of the Safe Schools Coalition um, or even people who are grown-ups wanting to get married and that's under attack. And I think um, sometimes, yeah, you would want to hide about it. Like this whole safe schools thing is supposed to be able to be this um, open communication to stop bullying and to stop everything, but it's almost like they're getting bullied out of even having the program there. It, it seems a bit like a bullying tactic. And I think in in those circumstances, sometimes you do want to hide away, but then you can completely like 180 that and be the complete opposite and want to fight for it even more and, you know, stand up and throw your fist in the air and say, I am gay and I deserve these rights or I am trans and I deserve these rights. Like any of the... LGBTIQ and other um, people who are under attack need to sometimes sometimes feel that they do need to just stand up. And I think that is a really personal thing is whatever you feel comfortable with, obviously standing up and fighting for it could potentially help other people. So seeing that there is more people like you out there, uh, there is support, um, it's that these minority or not even minority just these groups of people who are saying these horrible things don't represent everybody so you know have your voice heard but then I guess at the same time sometimes you do just need to protect yourself and just hang hang low for a bit I think it's important that protecting yourself I think you know for me personally in and out is is like sometimes I'm, I'm out, sometimes I'm in, sometimes I think I'm out, and people, and then some, and I'll say something about my partner, and people look at me as if to say, "What? Your partner's called Tim? That doesn't make sense." And I think, "What? What rock have you been under?" You know, like, <laughs> so, so it's a bit like that. But and certainly, like, as a Jew, sometimes I will wear kippah openly on the street, but other times I won't. I'll wear a hat, or sometimes I'll choose not to wear either because it's about what you feel comfortable with. And I think that's. You know, it, we're probably looking at a fairly arduous time ahead as a community. If certainly there's been um, the uh, Irish drag queen whose name is for, I forgot. I can think of her first name. Panty Pan- Panty Bliss. Yes, Panty Bliss. That that, no, that's, no, that's correct. Right. Yes, she's certainly been out in, in Australia at the moment, and she's saying in Ireland it was hell on toast. It, it, <laughs> it was that it was back to the days of being abused in the street, and for a lot of us, that's not a familiar experience. Yeah. Um, and so it is about, I think it's really important that we need to remember that sometimes we can't be out because we need to look after ourselves. And we also need to remember that about our friends too, that you might be, come on, step up to the line. Well, actually, they might be actually saying, I can't do this right now. Yeah. I mean, I was, I mean, I can say that, you know, I was, I was in the closet probably for 30 years or more. And a lot of that time was you now being in the closet to myself. I was actually looking up the Safe Schools website. They've got a list of what schools have signed up and wasn't surprised to find that my, my school was not on that list. And just having, before all this blew up, having seen things like um, promotion of the the um, same-sex and trans formal and just thinking my year 12 formal was so excruciating and I think I was the one person. No, it was a girls' school. I was the one person who didn't bring a, 
a male a male companion because it was just such a weird experience for me to think about doing that but if i had a um an lgbt formal to go to at that age it would have i would have thought oh that's that's what i am and there are yeah. other people like me and that's no that's what that's why i think things have improved for people who are um for, for later generations but there's it's almost fighting back against that and going backwards now it's quite interesting. I went to an all boys school, and we weren't allowed to bring partners, which at, is kind no of no partners at all. No partners at all. So it's kind of interesting that we were allowed to vote. we weren't allowed to bring partners and forcing you know, think, the boys to dance with boys. Oh, did you dance? Or no, we didn't. That, oh goodness gracious me! No, oh. there was no dancing going to go on. I, um, think we, I think at my school we were being raised to be you know, good wives. Uh, um, so that's part of the package. We did have a year nine social where they got the local girls' school and the boys' school, and they put us all in a room together, which was <laughs> socially awkward. It was terrible. But it, 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 it's kind of interesting how you know you had a, a that the differences in terms of how schools trying to respond. I certainly know my school wouldn't be on the safe schools list. They wouldn't be part of that program. It, um, there's just no way it would ever happen in a, a fit of Sundays. But you know it. it it's interesting how different schools sort of try to react. But it, uh, to me, this whole safe school stuff is, is, if you look at classic trying to attack something and classic lobbyism, it's part of the it's part of the game plan. So before we get to a plebiscite, we're picking off these other bits and pieces that this gay lobby, goodness gracious me, whatever, whoever that happens to be, um, it, picking off these success stories... And trying to create a bit of a a, a momentum um, of effect, and certainly doing some really sneaky stuff. I uh, I have unfortunately read the infamous um, Catholic brochure that was distributed in Tasmania, but I think from reading it, I think it may have been distributed across the country. It's certainly not a Tasmanian specific document, but I have read it. It's I think it's it makes some spurious claims and then it likes to reference documents that are only a few years old written by the catholic church which is kind of not you're referencing this as some sort of authority but you wrote it yourselves anyhow yeah, it's it's quoting yourself it's it's not yeah it's it's not valid remember remember that really important thing i, I said three weeks ago well yeah that I mean, that's how effective it is you are on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9, and that was Love Is Everything by KD Lang. Since she missed out on the Hallelujah slot last week. She did. Just. So we've got another message. Uh, I went to my school formal with a girl and got told to act as friends or leave. Friends in quotation marks. Damn Catholic school. I'm not sure if I should have said the D word, but. No, that's, that's totally fine. I actually, um, I have a school formal story. Um, at my school formal, I had come out prior to year 12 and I uh, didn't I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. It, I was single old Rachel. Um, and I did actually take a guy to my school formal. He was my best friend. He was known at the time as Amazing Ash. He is now just known as Ash or Ashley. He lost the amazing somewhere along the way. 
Um, but yeah, no, I took Ash to my formal and everyone was kind of like, oh, why didn't you bring a girl? And I was like, well, just because I'm a lesbian doesn't mean I have to bring a girl. So <laughs> I caused controversy by bringing a boy to the formal. And then he ended up dating another girl from my year for like five years. So it was a beautiful love story in the end. So it worked out in the end. It did. And look, I'm I'm happily girlfriended now and I don't regret taking a boy to the formal at all. I guess it is only just one day, one night. Yeah. Out of your whole life. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, if I had the opportunity to go to a um, same-sex formal, I would would have loved that. Because I guess even though I was out, I didn't necessarily... You know, I would have stood out. I was at a Christian school. I was the only person in my year that had come out at that time. Um, And I would have stuck out like a sore thumb. But if maybe I had the opportunity to go to a same-sex formal, then maybe I would have changed my mind and taken a girl along. So, personal story. But it's interesting you say you went to a Christian school because we've certainly seen there's some media about the principal of St. Joseph's College in Geelong, which is a Christian Brothers Catholic school. Um, and it is part of the Safe Schools Network, um, and there seems to be some pressure on the principal to to stop this program, and which is, I think it's disappointing. It for me, it's disappointing that there seems to be pressure. From what I could gather from the little bit of media that I did read, it doesn't seem to be coming from within. It's coming from outside the school community, putting pressure on on the principal of St Joseph's to take, to get rid of this program, which is really disappointing because it's so good to hear of a Catholic school saying. We get what the teaching of the church is, and they will certainly be learning that as part of, of part of religion and going to the school. But they're also saying we have an obligation to our boys. It's an all-boys school. We have an obligation to our boys to make sure they're safe because that's what the safe school program is about. I went to a Christian Brothers school. I was gay. I'm not the only one that was gay in my year, but there was no safe schools program for us. And quite frankly, if we'd have come out at school, we'd have been beaten severely it was it would have been quite severe it was it's quite a interesting environment all boys school so i think it's to me that's a real disappointment to because to make that big stand st joseph's geelong to get out there and actually say we're going to do this program because it's about being pastoral and, and caring for our community and then to have people outside the school putting pressure on but it you know it, it, it's and, and that's why i think you know like lyle i don't think is talking about safe schools from a spot of, well, my children are being exposed to a program and that's why I've got a a problem with it. It's just, this is a program and I'm going to pull some information loosely, I would argue, and and some of it unfairly, and then make a big song and dance about it. Well, you're not talking from a place of knowledge. You're just talking because you can. It's troublemaking. Yeah, and I think this program, it needs to be there because school is you know, not the greatest place for a lot of kids, but to make it that little bit easier for these kids that, you know, in the past and still in the present, like, suffer so greatly at the the words and the actions of other people, to have something in place that, you know, bridges some gaps and opens some doors and educates kids. Like, it's it's about the education. They've I think they've gone about it in such a great way and it's it's really a shame that it's coming under fire now. So safe schools is being, um, I think the Victorian government was saying that their aim was that all Victorian government schools would be would eventually be part of this program. But it's great to see that it's it's being adopted by various independent schools as well. I think there was a, another article somewhere by 
the principal of over Newton, I think, an Anglican school saying, yes, I'm, you know, I'm a Christian or I'm a principal of a Christian school and I support this. So um, for, I guess for those of us in, in this, in this kind of um, crossover of, of faith and, and LGBTI, it's, it's important to know that there are other groups like that, um, that there are church schools that believe that being part of safe schools is fully in line with, with their beliefs. Um, and something else that came up earlier today was hearing about um, some of the that there are going to be various groups of religious background marching in Mardi in the Sydney Mardi Gras, and that this is no, this is not new. That there's the the numbers been growing. Um, and I think we found a list or a few names of some of the groups. Yes, yeah, so we found a list from last year's Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. Uh, unfortunately, they don't re uh, do early release of parade people before Mardi Gras. I don't know. That was a really bad sentence. Marching order. Um, Yeah, marching order. So they all, all of the religious groups generally march roughly in the same group, as in, you know, one right after the the other. Yeah, so they they do, you know, all the people who are related to doctors and nurses all at the same time. They do all the people, all the different bear communities from around Australia. They all march in the same block. So uh, uh, the list from last year had a Metropolitan Community Church in Good Shepherd, a church uh, church alive with passion. Uh, So that's from MCC in Western Sydney. Then there was Dayenu, which is a Jewish LGBTI group. And there's their group name was We Are Family. I can imagine what song they may have had for that. Uh, Then there's the Acceptance Sydney for Gay and Lesbian Catholics, and they had Passion for Peace. Then there was MCC Sydney, and I don't know what their message was last year. It's not up here. Then there was the Uniting Network, Our Passion for Justice, Uniting for LGBTIQ Refugees. So that was a very topical thing last year and I would say even more so this year um, for the Uniting Network. Then the Open Door Community of Christ with No Greater Love and their little opening line is Sing Hallelujah. So I can imagine what song this was. Uh, Then there's Freedom to Be, Proudly Free, Uh, the Sydney Queer Atheists, No Exemption from Anti-Discrimination. Oh, they've put the atheists with the religious groups. Well, technically, atheism is a religion. Oh, well, they probably wouldn't say it, but it's a a position on religion. Well, um, and... Starting this year, the there's now a group of rainbow Muslims who are yeah. um, will be marching this year. So that's a very positive sign. I definitely have seen them in the past as well, but maybe they've they've got a whole extra area somewhere else in the parade. I can't see their names on here. It's a very long list. There's about two hundred marches, um, but it is the first time I ever went to Mardi Gras. I was uh, seventeen. And I didn't know that there was such thing as a gay church. And it was the first time I ever saw them. And I was like, there's people walking with crosses. What? So it was yeah, great to see that there is people out there. Well, you've been on the Spirit Lounge on Joy 94.9, where we've been doing some follow-up on the hot topics of the last couple of weeks. And once again, if you do need to talk to somebody about anything that might have come up, there do call Lifeline on 13... 13- 13 11 14 or 13 11 14. That's correct. 
And so we've got the bears from the woods are, are sneak, um, creeping their way inside. So it's good night from Claudine. Mark. And Rachel. Who's done a good job driving this, this um, her first panel, her first panelling night. Yay! Hooray! Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.